the nature of your emergency. Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined by Detective Walton. Glenn, how are you? I'm good. You have a bunch of dog fur on your chin. I know, it's horrible right now. It's never ending. The dogs are extra snuggly today, which I love. And today I wanted to talk about implicit bias and in particular how we have this notion that it's a bad thing, but I intend to prove that wrong in today's episode. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. I was recently offered an opportunity to work doing some contract work in training on implicit bias. And I had a meeting with the individual who offered it to me. And one of the main points that I got across in terms of me accepting the position was that I find it important to be able to explain that implicit bias should be presented in a way that it's educational and it allows us to learn more about ourselves and not pointing the fingers, which I think a lot of people have the impression of, especially in first responders and armed service communities. You know, it's, it's with everything with implicit biases, it's no matter what, no matter what your beliefs are, where your standpoints are, is you will have them. And, and it's something that it's, it's based off of your experiences in life and, and, just what leads you to those points. Unfortunately, in a lot of aspects, it's been politicized to reflect more predominantly towards people who are racist or sexist or whatever it may be. But the reality is it's so much broader than those just specific terms. Like it's with everything. Yeah. Ernest Hemingway wrote six very simple words that I think sum up implicit bias, and I'll read it. All it says here is for sale, baby shoes, never worn. (laughs) After seeing that, after reading that, one could come to a wide variety of conclusions, but I think the first would probably be, oh no, what happened to their baby? (laughs) And yet it could be something as simple as the gender color scheme of the shoes wasn't appropriate for the baby that they had. Or it could be something more nefarious that (laughs) the, the individual had purchased them for whatever beings and they, and they never even had a child. And I like that you brought that up because that is something that I wanted to get into because you and I have often conversations about prototypes and how we come to the conclusion something that somebody could be based on the way that they look. And the reason that I think implicit bias is not always a bad thing is because we fail to consider that the more knowledge that somebody builds up in their area of expertise also helps them to profile certain individuals. You and I had a conversation during a long drive yesterday where we were talking about an individual and the comment was, if I had to guess by profiling this individual without knowing anything about their personal life, it's possible that this individual might be in possession of child porn. 
Yeah. Explain that theory of implicit bias and how how you have that, why you have that. So, like in doing what I do, you start to recognize those those tell tell or those telltale signs of you know my suspects, and and you you have these different points of like, and and I always say this is like anime. Anime is one of those things where if I go to a house that I know there's child pornography there. I'm, I'm going to look for the signs of anime there because it leads to it. It's like a gateway drug into that realm. And I'm not saying that everyone who watches anime is going to go and download child pornography. But if, if they're in really into that anime world and you're, we already know what we're looking for, I know who my suspect is going to be based off of the pro, that profile. And it's, it's also something to consider when we were growing up, this was not something that was common talk. And I'm glad that it's becoming more common talk in terms of um, childers and things to look out for and the exposure that these, these men and women are getting in terms of just the vile acts that, that they carry out. But if we're thinking back to when you and I were kids, that profile in my mind is an image of usually like an overweight white male wearing those those big oversized round glasses driving a white van right and that's because typically we saw those sketches on on the news yeah and and that's that's all part of that implicit bias and that's see for me the visualization is not an overweight male it's it's still the white male with the glasses in the van but not necessarily overweight, but they have a mustache. Like it, it's those little, those little signs that, that you see growing up and, and it leads to having those biases to where you, when you see someone out in the real world, you like, yeah, this is the ideal person that I would look at as a predator. Yeah. And in the last few years in particular, the conversation of implicit bias has come up basically only surrounding the element of somebody's color of their skin. And I think that it's a disservice to have those connotations because people think that that's all that it is. And an example that I used in the meeting that I had this past week was I, I told the female I was, I was with, if I were to tell you I'm about to make a peanut butter and blank sandwich, what would you say? And she says, jelly. And I said, well, why couldn't it be a peanut butter and banana sandwich? And it was this like light bulb moment for her, just a real life example, because everybody could relate to that. We, natural, we naturally have implicit bias based on so many elements of life, our upbringing, our culture, our education, our lack of education. And it's important, I think, for us to also discuss the value of having implicit bias by being able to be so professional and educated in your field of interest that you're able to to see things in a different light that somebody that does not have that same type of exposure or experience might not see. Yeah, and it, and it goes, it's so broad. Like there's biases with everything, anything and everything in life. And and like as I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, I'm a police officer and I have a dog. What kind of dog do I have? Exactly. You know, or I'm a firefighter. <laughs> like, and, and you can go down that rabbit hole with anything and everything that you do in a day to day or that you have these objective um, ideas about what these individual people have. 
There are also elements of our life, things that we absolutely despise, things that we hate. And one of those things for me is substance abuse. And there have been there have been moments where Clint and I are talking about somebody or explaining a situation to one another, and I'm pinpointing. One of them was a, a recent case. You and I were talking about somebody, and I said, I bet you that that individual is taking Adderall. So that, and that was later confirmed, you know, in the conversation. And having such a disdain for something can also lead to us having implicit bias that perhaps could be useful. And that's also not a conversation that a lot of people have. We we just yesterday too had a similar conversation where I said, I bet you that individual is taking steroids, you mm-hmm. know? And so being able to identify things that we don't like can also help us in substituting some of the facts that other people might not notice. Yeah. And then, and then that's where everyone thinks these implicit biases are always bad, but it's, it's, it's human nature. It's actually in a lot of ways, a good thing because it, it's all based off of your experience in life. And, and you and I could have completely different biases associated to whatever it may be, but it's being able to identify it and then work with it in the future. Just like in my investigations, like I have my biases, like just like everybody does. And it's knowing how to utilize your biases as a strength and, and format it to accomplish the goal in which you want to achieve. Yeah. And I, I had posed a question once inside of our police, fire, military and families Facebook group asking if people have their thoughts in picture form or if they have their thoughts in more word form. And we can learn a lot from not treating implicit bias as this bad stereotypical, like, oh my God, I have to go through this training and asking smarter questions to where it's something that can actually help us to learn more about ourselves. And I'm one that thinks in images. I have a very photogenic memory and numbers too. And so it's funny because as we're talking and you're telling me that 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 chubby old white man with the glasses has a mustache, I re I rewrote the narrative on that in my mind and I'm accepting of that and I'm in agreement with that. You know what? Yeah, actually they do have a mustache. So that's something that maybe I had forgotten. And I know that sounds simple in its surface level, but by being able to open up the dialect of conversation and then sharing and exchanging information in this way, you know, this is a, a minor example, but just imagine how much more we can learn about each other and come to an agreement with each other if we were willing to do that. And and it's the recognition of your biases to where you know when to act, when not to act and, and know, okay, well, what led me to this bias? What led me to this this point in time to where, you know, when I say peanut butter sandwich, I'm thinking peanut butter and jelly compared to peanut butter and banana. Like what's led me to this point? And, and that's a very minuscule kind of uh, example of it. But it all relates to the same thing. Going to the bigger picture, speaking on race, speaking on sexuality. Okay, well, what led me to saying this 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 visual of a liquor store being robbed? Like, who do you picture robbing that liquor store? Everyone's going to give you a different answer, and the reason being is because of their experiences within life, and and it's going to say okay. So as a white police officer, and I'm not saying this specifically for myself, but just as a white police officer, wherever you work, 
whatever your demographics are in the city, who would you say would have robbed that liquor store? And if you ask a citizen in, we'll say Chicago, you'll more than likely they'll say black. If you ask someone in East Texas, they'll say Hispanic. Like it, it, no matter where you are, if you ask South Carolina, they'll say white. Like it, it just they'll you, say redneck. They'll say redneck. Yes. So it, it just is all based on your surroundings, what you've you've experienced throughout your careers, what everything you've dealt with in your life, leading to that point. And it's not it doesn't make you racist. It doesn't make you like only identifying as, you know, that these specific people are the ones who are doing this. It's just based off of your experience, 80% of these robbers who are going into these liquor stores are, are that race. And so it leads you and, and you are incorrect sometimes. And, and that's what you got to have that understanding of those differences. Yeah. So I hope that you've gained some value out of today's episode. I hope that this has helped you to learn a little bit more about yourself and that it makes you a little bit more comfortable to open up this conversation with people because it's actually quite fun to have these conversations just to learn more about each other, the way that we think and why we think that way. If you have gotten any value, do us a favor, drop a review, subscribe down below. And as always, know that I'm sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.